You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Diamondbacks are a few games under 500, but there's always hope because they play in the NL West, where the best team is right around 500. I'm Allison Twitter, and I'm here with Steve Gilbert to talk all things Diamondbacks. Steve, uh, it's very early in the season, and this is probably not what it's going to look like at the end. It still just makes me laugh that the Diamondbacks can be 17-20 and 20 and two games out of first place. Padres can be in dead last place, be two and a half games out of first place. So that's kind of just how things are shaping up right now. It's anybody's guess who's going to pull away with this thing, right? Yeah, it always and, – and maybe because I follow the division, obviously, closer than the others, it just always seems like there's something – when something weird happens, it happens in the NL West. And um, it, right now – I believe one team will get on a, a little bit of a roll here and has an opportunity to put uh, some distance between themselves and the rest of the division. Now, who that's going to be, whether it's the Giants, the Diamondbacks, the, the Dodgers, the Rockies, whatever, um, some team is going to put together a winning streak here and take advantage of, uh, of the other guys not playing quite so well. But so far that hasn't happened, so the Diamondbacks take, uh, take great hope in it that they, they can still be them that does it. Yeah, so they've won their last five of seven. Um, so, I mean, they, they had a pretty rough stretch recently, but things are improving. Um, just in general, what have you noticed? What are some of the things that have gone right for them during that pretty good week? Well, again, it goes back to the starting pitching. Uh, Greinke, uh before last night, had pitched really well um, in his last couple starts. Uh, Shelby Miller finally seemed to kind of turn a corner uh, in Atlanta and pitched well, Patrick Corbin pitched well, and, and that just kind of sets up everything. It makes it makes the bullpen uh, fresher and makes the, the usage of the guys down there more regulated and, and more what they had hoped for at the start of the year, and it puts less pressure on the offense. Also, they just seem to play much better away from home, and I, I don't think there's any explanation for that. Um, I, I keep thinking it's a fluke thing, and it's eventually going to even out, but um, they play far better on the road than they do at home, and it's uh, certainly a mystery. We were joking with uh, Chip Hale before uh, the last road trip ended about maybe putting the guys up in a hotel downtown Phoenix uh, for for, <laughs> for the homestand. But uh, I think everyone's kind of scratching their heads trying to figure out why it is that, that all of a sudden at home seems to be a, a problem for them. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like Granky might still be trying to adjust to that place, but um... – I was looking through, I just was running through some of the stats and running through, like, the hitters. And I noticed Paul Goldschmidt is low on the batting average at 232, but has 36 walks. Um, what has been – are they just pitching around him? Is it uh, a fact of, like, the rest of the lineup not being much of a threat? It seems like high on base percentage numbers, but low batting average. What's happening with him? Yeah, I think that's part of it, Allison, is that with A.J. Pollock out, um, the lineup isn't quite as intimidating uh, as it was in the past. And I think that um, he's got a very good eye at the plate, and he's not going to chase out of the zone, or at least not as often as others. So um, he's been taking his walks, and and they need to drive him in uh, and and make pitchers pay for that. Otherwise, they're going to continue to do that to him. And I think you saw last year he drew a lot of walks as well. Um, but pitchers, uh, you know, when, when guys behind him would get hot or guys in front of him would get hot and get out of base, they'd have to they'd have to pitch to him. And this year, that just hasn't quite been the case. And and he just hasn't seemed like himself at the plate. Um, not sure what to attribute that to. They made a small mechanical change um, when they were just in uh, Denver this past week that seemed to help a little bit. Um, so we'll see if that uh, bears fruit. 
Um, but other than that, it, it's been kind of a mystery to explain, kind of like with the home woes as to you know why he's kind of had some struggles at the plate, but he is still getting on base and drawing his walks and, and uh, still able to do some damage when, when he gets a pitch to hit. Okay, what's going on David Peralta? There seems to be some injury issues there. What's the update on him? Yeah, he was hit twice in the forearm during that giant series last month, and uh, apparently some of that swelling had worked its way down into his wrist. And uh, so in Atlanta, he missed a couple games and then missed the series for the most part in Denver because of wrist soreness. So they had an MRI taken and uh, came back and said that there was no structural damage in the wrist. He's starting to feel a little better. So um, while they're not completely ruling out the DL at the moment just because they have a short bench as it is, um, it looks like it's not going to be anything serious or anything that would keep him out for a long period of time. Okay, and there's one other transaction that just stood out to me only because he, uh, this player, played in Houston and had his star years in Houston. That's Michael Bourne, who uh, signed like a minor league deal, and I think it's, it's a double-A affiliate. But it kind of makes, well, it doesn't kind of make sense. It makes a lot of sense, something that maybe isn't that noticeable. But uh, tremendous speed, still a very fast guy. Obviously, his bat is not what it was. Uh, but with Pollock out for the year, I mean, that's, just a pretty logical reinforcement, I guess, in case uh, things you know get really thin at the big league level. Yeah, they've, they've used Chris Owens out in center field, and he's he's done a nice job for them. And considering that he hadn't played center field, you know, even in high school, he never played center field. So you gotta go back to when he was just a kid. So he's done a, a commendable job filling in there. Uh, but beyond him, you know, they have David Peralta who can play a little bit of center. Um, but after that, it was Socrates Brito who they were kind of counting on, and he's just been slumping at, at AAA ever since they sent him down earlier this year. So they really didn't have a lot of depth there, and they figured, you know, why not take a chance with, with Michael Bourne and see maybe he uh, swings the bat well down there in, in, uh, in Mobile, AA. Uh, and if he does, then they, they, can, uh, they can use him if they need him at the big league level. I think the reason that they sent him to AA was because they had some, some AAA outfielders they didn't want to uh, – to lose playing time for, but in double-A they had an opening, so it kind of fit naturally for them. Um, but that was the reason why they chose Mobile over, say, triple-A Reno for him. Yeah, and uh, he was he's still in the midst of a very uh, lucrative contract, but the D-backs don't have to pay any of that, so it just makes logical sense, right, when the guy gets released, and then you just, they're just responsible for the prorated major league minimum if he gets to the big leagues, and um, so it's really like a no-lose situation. It really is a no-lose situation for them. They're they're not paying him very much, and if he if he turns out to have something left and, and can help them, uh, that's great. They need it, and you know, a, another option out there in center field. And if he's not, well, they they didn't really lose anything by giving him a chance. So um, it was kind of a it seemed like kind of a no-brainer right from the start that he would be a guy that would be a fit um, as soon as he was released. They didn't uh, jump on it the, the first time he was released, and the, and the Blue Jays signed him, um, and uh, but. They weren't gonna. They weren't gonna lose out on the second time around. Uh, they decided to give it a shot. Awesome. Okay. Good stuff. Very interesting. Thank you very much, Steve. Talk to you next week. Sounds good, Allison. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.